0: Well, hello everybody and welcome to this week's podcast of Your Manchester with me, Michelle Eagleton and...
1: And me, Belinda Belinda (laughs) Scandal.
0: We've got a fabulous show lined up for you on today's podcast. Who's on the show?
1: Oh yes, we have got the fantastic and very quite scary Brian Capron.
0: Oh, we're also talking about the Greater Manchester Fringe Festival.
1: And we're also talking about another festival that is coming our way in a couple of days time.
0: But as Michelle did just say, let's bring our first guest in. It's Mr. Brian Capron. This is quite amazing. I, I hope you're not wearing any black gloves. <laughs> I've got them on. The, I'm have got them. i sitting on them. <laughs> I mean, research shows that there is two proper Corrie villains, and that's you and Mr. Phelan. Um, obviously, you were the originator of the, the proper villain, though. How, how did that feel, creating such a wonderful character?
2: Well, I was in the show, you know, in the 80s, playing um, a social worker. Yeah. And um, it was Alan Bradley who was the very first villain. So I take my hat off to him. He got famously run over by a tram in Blackpool. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I had no idea that at that time, you know, some years later, I'd be going in and playing after playing a nice social worker with a very posh accent, <laughs> going, going, coming back to the show and playing this fabulous, fabulous character uh, of, uh, of Richard, um, which was just um, very, very exciting. Very high pressure, but the the producers changed at that point and decided to put my character centre stage, and uh, it was very very exciting, and I was very lucky really. It was just a confluence of circumstances um, that they decided to you know push my character forward.
1: And what's it like seeing that clip? Because obviously you've seen it a, a lot of times now; <laughs> it gets shown so many times. But you know, does it take you back to that moment and actually filming that scene?
2: Well, at the time, um, I I was kind of disappointed when they said, well, you know, you're going to die by a car's going to drive in a canal. And I thought, oh, that's pretty boring. Go on, you know. And they got this uh, Bond uh, stunt team in and they did this fantastic job, which was absolutely perfect because it wasn't it wasn't like a helicopter crash or a plane crash or anything like that. It was kind of quite, you know, dirty and very kind of Manchester-like, and the way they did it, and, of course, it was the first time ever in a soap that we filmed underwater. So it brings back all the memories of, A, a very, very cold night when we actually shot all the exteriors the car going in, which was actually four or five cars in the end uh, had to be used for that stunt, Um, and then, of course, we spent two or three days working uh, in a tank at Fleetwood. Um, with two cars underwater and that's was the first time a lot of us of course have ever worked underwater which is quite quite exciting so all that comes back to me really
0: because you're all seat belted in in that clip where you are actually seen underwater
2: well you have to be seat belted in otherwise you'd float to the top so, you, ah, so that's you, you also had weight weight on you the worst thing was breathing because you had your eyes closed you were underwater and you had breathing operators and they counted down on your fingers 5, four, three, two, one. then you threw the apparatus away or it got taken off you and it opened your eyes and it started going mad underwater. Wow. Oh, my
1: goodness. And, you know, we talk about you being this incredible villain that sticks in all our minds. It's unbelievable. You were only in it for two years, Coronation Street, yeah. weren't you? And you've Absolutely. made such an impact.
2: Well, I think, of course, there were so many episodes. There were something like um, 200 episodes in a very short time. Um, and it was when they decided to go back to the old way of making a long-burn storyline. And also they put a lot of humour around my character, a lot of black humour, you know. One of my favourite bits was walking down the road when I was after Audrey, and she walks past, and she goes, uh, hello, Richard, and I go, goodbye, Audrey. You know, it's funny little me to place, this day. Bit of a pantomime character, you know. <laughs> it's fabulous. And speaking of
0: pantomime, you're going into pantomime in Stockport later in the year.
2: Yes. And my goodness me, what a beautiful theatre that is. You know, um, they spent a lot of money on it a few years ago. So I did Aladdin a couple of years ago and, and I absolutely loved it. And it's a it's a real kind of old fashioned, traditional family panto. They run it so well. It's a beautiful theatre. They use the theatre in Peaky Blinders, of course, because it's, yeah. it's an original art deco theatre. holds about 1300 and um, it's it's such a pleasure to work there, and there's such a nice team. And um, I had a lovely time there last. And obviously this year it was supposed to be this last Christmas, but it was it's been postponed to next year. And um, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. it it's uh, it's a real pleasure. I, I absolutely love pantai. I started probably doing it about 13 or 14 years ago, and I didn't really understand it. And then I did a couple, and I just absolutely love it. So I've done one every year ever since.
1: And you're playing another baddie, aren't you? You're going to be playing King Rat in Dick Whittington. Do you just love the baddie characters?
2: Well, of course, I was so lucky um, playing a baddie on telly because it translates to baddies in pantos. And, of course, it's given me like a 20-year life. I mean, I was very lucky because I'm knocking on a bit now um to have this lovely kind of extended career because of Corrie, really. It's it's so lovely because I was like in my I was in my early 50s when I when I got it, you know. Um, so it's given me a lovely. Career. I've been doing this job for 50 years now and to have the last kind of 20 years. Um, I went into where the heart is for three years afterwards and done lots of lovely things. I've worked at the Royal National Theatre, I've done Guys and Dolls, you know, um Rocky Horror, all those. And at the Lowry I've worked there a lot. I did Dr. Doolittle a little while ago. Um, and um, Peter Pan, the Broadway musical version. So now, to do this um, lovely and I love Manchester because it's, it's like my second home. So I'm so I'm so thrilled. I'm so looking forward to it.
0: And they're playing the baddies. They say that's the more interesting character to play. Would you agree with that?
2: Uh, totally, it's fantastic. You walk on to all these boos. You know, all these people, everyone around. If you're not making a child cry, you're not doing very well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I love it. You know, you talk then about kind of that 50-year career. I don't think you've changed since those days. We saw that. that. I honestly, you know, I'm not just saying that because I'm scared you're going to do a mat scene <laughs> on me.
0: <laughs> I, I could imagine that. One. I know. Yeah. Whereas uh, I'd be Emily Bishop. So. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Emily.
1: Oh. But you also did a film recently, didn't you? You Weren't you a narrator in a, a thriller? Is it Mandy Sue
2: Heller? Oh, Mandy, Mandy Sue Heller. It wasn't a film, actually. Oh, it was um, I, I narrated the book. Um, yeah. And they're, they're hoping, I think, to make it into a film. So who who knows what will happen there? But Mandy Sue Heller an old friend and she her books, her thrillers are fantastic. And it was a wonderful experience. And. The people who were in it, um, they had a wonderful cast of characters, and I narrated the whole thing, and it was just so so exciting. She's such a brilliant writer and most underrated, one of the most underrated writers, very gritty stuff she writes about.
1: Well, yeah, because I love it, and especially The Manchester Connection, because that book yes. that you narrated is obviously set in Manchester. Is broke, it? it's a, broke, it's, yeah. bro- it's-
2: it's yes, it's about money lending at the bottom level, and it's such a brutal, brilliantly honest book. And uh, it's so into, you can't. It's a real page turner, and uh, to me, it's one of her best books. I, I look at a lot. You I know, mean, I've read most of her books, um, but uh, she, she's terrific. She, she, you know, she grew up in Manchester on the estates, and she she knows what all of those lives are like. You know, she 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 really does, and uh, she's such a talented writer and such a lovely person too.
0: Brilliant. So the panto over at Stockport Plaza, that's on on these lovely dates here. Let's get these up so people can start booking. That's Friday, the uh, 4th of December um, to 11th of January. That's a good run as well, isn't it? So plenty of people come watching that. And uh, let's bring up the website as well while we're here. There we are. It's returning to Stockport, as we fully know. And it's going to be dead exciting. How would you entice people to book for this particular panto?
2: Well, as I say, it's it's a it's a real old fashioned family panto. You know, there's not, sometimes people get a bit worried that they're going to get a bit rude or something. And we have innuendo, obviously. But you can you can you can trust this panto that these, you know, the producers are, are lovely. You know, two two producers, Richard and David, who do this panto, they've done it for years. And that's why people book over and over again to come back. Um, because this is lovely and the other thing is they have the, of course they have the traditional organ you know <laughs> that comes up in the interval this fantastic organ that's been there you know since 1924 or something Wow. also just to go into the building you know it's such a wonderful experience and um yes. you, you can, it's 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 a lovely place to come to and i know that everybody will absolutely love it and have a wonderful night out
0: Oh, Brian. I totally agree Thank you so much for your time today Brian I will be there watching it I'm... We'll
1: be booing you yes. <laughs> Oh no you won't <laughs> Oh
0: Brian thank you so much Thank you
1: Well it may have put a dampener on theatre Last year the whole pandemic But this year theatre is back with a bang And who else does it better than good old Manchester The greater Manchester fringe is back And Mike Heath is here to tell us all about it Mike my goodness, this is such a welcome relief.
3: Well, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? it's yeah. um, been horrible for everyone. Really, works in theatre. I mean, you, you know, as performers yourselves, yeah. you know, you know that it's just, you know, everyone's just been locked in their homes, and yeah. you know, everyone's like kind of performing to the walls. Do you know what I mean? So at last we're going to start to be able to kind of bring shows back well we need it back but what yeah. i think is really important about the manchester fringe festival is it's different yeah it's
0: got its quirkiness it's got its excitement it's got its new things about it what can we expect
3: well um there's the the program is still kind of being kind of created because um there's been uncertainty about whether you know, people, whether it's going ahead and all that kind of thing, it's definitely, definitely going ahead. So, if people still want to get involved, if they want to bring their shows, they can still open oh, squeaking. Um, they, <laughs> they can still, they can still um, bring their shows. They're still. Um, plenty of um you know venues that are available but the um so it's running from the first till the 30th of september this year it's usually in july um it was supposed to be last july as well but obviously you know we had to we had to cancel it i
1: think it is the safe option for a lot of theaters that are actually you know doing the ones that are indoors a little bit later in the year just in case that there are any changes and everything but the great thing like belinda said is You've got loads of different venues, haven't you? So are, are we still going to see all of that? We're we still going to see... Pe- the King's Arms does like... Oh, yeah. that's a
0: venue and, and a half. Amazing venue. Show there. Fabulous. Have you, what was the show? What was it? It was uh, a play with... Um, oh, no, with... I'll um, put you on the spot. Oh. <laughs> It'll come back to you.
1: She'd obviously had a drink after the performance. <laughs> I had a drink during the performance. Well, you probably did. You know
3: me and me acting.
1: But are they involved uh, this year?
3: The King's arms are always involved. It's Father the kind sister. of it's like the centre of the fringe, isn't it? Really, yeah. the King's. But yet there's uh, there's oh, there's there's loads of venues, so there's Altrium Garrick, so we we're, we're kind of going out yeah. to the yeah. kind of re- you know we're really taking on Greater Manchester. So we, we've had stuff in Bolton, we've had stuff in Bury, um had loads of stuff in the middle of um, middle of Manchester. So yeah, the King's Arms got Altrium Garrick, Antwerp Mansion. I don't know if you've ever been to that kind of <laughs> crazy I old heard house of that, that yeah. um, you know it's in in home and, and they they put performances and all, all that and all that kind of stuff. So um, there's a lot of theatre this year, but there's loads of stand-up comedy as well oh. um, there's a lot of spoken word actually a lot of kind of storytelling and all that kind of thing there's, I, was, I was just flicking through the, um, the programme and there's this uh, amazing thing called Cone Boy which is some, this music spoken word kind of storytelling thing um, and, it's, um, and, the, and the guy who wrote it used to be in Big Country in the eighties and loads of punk bands in the seventies and stuff like that. So up. yeah, yeah. So there's so there's loads of stuff. So then there's this thing called Judas, which um, has come over from. I'm just looking at here yeah, yeah, you know, it goes in one ear out the other for me. Um, Judas and it won the Critics' Choice for the um, best original script in um, Orlando and so the Orlando Fringe. So they're bringing it, bringing stuff over. So uh, you know, I mean, the Fringe has you know nearly been going for nearly ten years now, and so. Over the years, you know, it started really, really small, and it's kind of got bigger and bigger and bigger as it goes along. So the me- venues—so we've got Auction Garrick, Antwerp Mansion. There's loads of stuff going on um, digitally. So if people don't want to kind of leave the house, then they can kind of. And what's pre-
1: great is it is new stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So it's something that's new. It's fresh. Lots of original writing. Whereas you know, it's great we can go to the big mm. theatres, but you have got those those well, big exactly you know the same, exactly.
3: stuff, they, the same know?
0: kind of thing. It's proper so, Manchester
3: theatre, isn't it? Yeah it really is yeah and you know I think one of the things that that's always appealed to me greatly about the Great Manchester Fringe, as opposed to kind of you know other kind of curated festivals. Is that, you know a lot of curated festivals are you know like the myth, which is great, but you know it's all it's, it, there's, there are gatekeepers kind of saying you can put your piece on, you can't, and most 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 people can't, and then there's a couple of people who can. But the Great Manchester Fringe Festival has always been an open access festival, so people who have put in their very first show on. Um, put their first shows on at uh, Great Manchester Fringe. People have been doing it for years and years and years, p- come to the Fringe especially and it's And for
0: it. creators, is there any rules that people have to adhere to when they're thinking and creating anything?
3: Um, no, I don't think so. I think, you, you obviously, you're not allowed to burn the venue down. I think no. that's probably where it's... I would say yeah. it's got to stop there. That's yeah, right, yeah and probably you it, can't yeah. kill people on the stage no. or kill audience members but other than that I think <laughs> anything <laughs> goes it's almost you know, I don't I might don't yeah. be wrong but <laughs> but, but <laughs> that is the
1: beauty like you say it's kind of giving people a chance isn't it and you never know what kind of hidden gem is mm. going to be kind of revealed well yeah, yeah.
3: I mean um, there's lots of things that have that started off at the Great Manchester Fringe that go to the Edinburgh Fringe yeah um usually the Great Manchester Fringe is in j- July and obviously the Edinburgh Fringe is on in August so mm. a lot of people have started to they, they start off in the Brighton Fringe. In i think it's june that might be might be wrong about that but then they go and then the camden fringe is in august as well but then the manchester fringe is a slap bang in the middle so people bring their shows here and then they um take them to edinburgh you know because they want to they want to give it a, a run in front of an audience get feedback from the audience and all that kind of thing and then they take it to edinburgh and you know so there's been loads of stuff that's um that's won awards at edinburgh there's loads of things that kind of just go go on national tours after um being on at the fringe so it really is the place where you know you you turn up you don't know what you're getting um you know of course with any fringe festival there's going to be things that you sit there thinking like well, okay, well this could finish soon yeah. um but you know but to be honest i think as, as years have gone on there's you know i don't i think last year well not last year because we didn't have it but the year before that there was a Maybe one piece that I was thinking, right, hurry up. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. and everything else was just but really original. But it's great for original. those
1: people to get that feedback, Absolutely, so that yeah. then when they take it somewhere else, they can make those changes and make
0: it better. Yeah, I've got to ask you.
1: You know, Manchester—it is the place to be at the moment, isn't it, for the arts? Because I just yeah. think we're, we've definitely given London a run for its money over the years. Definitely.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the one of the frustrating things about um, the arts in Manchester is that, you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to make myself really unpopular here, but, you know, um, theatres like the Royal Exchange and, um, you know, even olden Coliseum and, and you know, they, they hire actors from London and then they cart them up here and, and they sometimes they even rehearse in London and they don't, do, you know, and they're not kind of... In, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but you know they don't. Sometimes it feels like they're not investing in Manchester talent and things like the Great Manchester Fringe Festival. You know, no, we don't get any funding for it. We've had a little bit of funding to do, you know, kind of to do some creative work in in the past, but on the whole, we don't get funding to put the put the festival on. Very few people who put shows on get funding for it. So everyone's doing it out of passion, and I think actually that's one of the reasons why a lot of the stuff is so exciting and daring, you know, I mean, because people haven't been told, you know, you you can't do that, you can't do that. And, and, you know, ultimately, Theatre is the place where there's no censorship, isn't there? You can mm-hmm. say whatever you like, can't you? Absolutely. Um, oh, I'm getting
1: excited yeah, about no, it. it oh. First yeah, no, it's
0: exciting.
3: 1st September, till 30th September. Okay.
1: Fantastic. And
0: if really. people want to get tickets, I think there's a website as well, isn't there?
3: greatermanchesterfringe.co.uk
0: there, there we go. Fantastic.
1: And also what's great about the Fringe as well, it's reasonable prices. Yeah, you know, yeah. Makes Sixth it accessible grid. to
0: all. Yeah.
1: Do you fancy a festival?
0: Oh, yes, always.
1: Have you got your wellies? Always. Have you got your sparkle? Never. (laughs) Do you fancy seeing Abermania?
0: Oh my God, where?
1: Well, the best thing is that at Tatton, this summer, we've got Tatton's first ever pop-up festival. It kicks off at the end of June, runs until August, and here's a woman behind it.
4: It's a 10-week festival. Um, It is um, at Tatton Park in Cheshire. And across that 10 weeks, we'll be running 50 shows or 52 shows, everything from um, children's entertainment in the day, branded shows like Milkshake Live and um, Jurassic Earth, right through to um, what I would call summer pantomime, so kind of Disney shows, singing, dancing, um, family entertainment shows, um, things like Mamma Mia and The Greatest Show. But then also during the evening, we've got the opposite side of the spectrum. We've got um, adult shows as well. Um, so we've got real party stuff like um, Symphonic Ibiza, Just Jules Live. And then we've got some really great like West End tributes like Abermania, um, Killer Queen. Honestly, well, there's 50 shows. <laughs> so too many to mention in a short space of time. Gosh,
1: you now 52 shows. That is a hell of a lot to manage. Uh, are you a little bit crazy, Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, know. what was behind this? Uh, you know, w- was it something that you, you kind of thought, oh, I'm going to do this. And now it's it's kind of ha- it, it must have took a lot of organisation to get this to be done.
4: Yeah, to be honest, I cannot work out whether I'm just really, really brave or really stupid. Or <laughs> actually really naive because I think even, you know, being in events, um, obviously we're, you know, we're running events of all different sizes all the time, but this is another level to have something that we've we've essentially constructed a venue within a National Trust Park um, that's up there for 10 weeks. So it's a massive undertaking. Um but, so, you know, great fun. And actually this week we're, in, we're on the build because our opening weekend is this weekend. So we're seeing the site start to come together and it, I've got to say it looks incredible. And that backdrop of the lake at Tatton Park is just stunning. Oh, my goodness.
1: And it will look incredible because, you know, it's a festival, but you imagine festivals as, you know, the, the Glastonbury ones where you muddy. kind of see them muddy and you see them all kind of stood up. Now this is quite luxury and this is what I love about it because you've got gorgeous seats whether it's the normal you know ticket or or the VIP
4: yeah yeah, so we wanted it to be—we wanted it to be really inclusive. We wanted everybody to have an amazing time and to be there in comfort. Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so safety and comfort is important to everybody, anyway. Um, but to me, it's almost like having your own um, area, your own booth, your own table in a bar. Um, but everybody across the whole festival site has that luxury. So in our, what we would call our standard seats, which I actually think look as good as our VR, VIP areas. Um, we've got beautiful um, branded deck chairs and branded tables. Um, and then in the VIP area, we've got luxury lounge furniture. Um, so that's kind of real comfort. Um, but each, per- each kind of group of people has got their own private area with seats. Everything's QR code order and pay. So it's table service delivered to you, no queuing at bars. Um, no having to walk around the side, You literally turn up. You've got your own furniture, your own area, and you just sit and you enjoy the show. Gosh. Uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot here yes, because go it's on. like choosing your
1: I'm your favourite child. But what is the show that you're looking forward to the most?
4: Oh, well, I'm looking forward to opening weekend because um we've got we've got loads going on. Not only have we got the shows themselves, but we've got loads of Roman entertainment. So really looking forward to the greatest show this Friday um and Lost in Music, which is right up my street, all kind of 70s disco on Saturday nights and seeing that all come together. But there's two shows in particular that I and I'm going to show my age here, that I'm really looking forward to. So the first one is our closing weekend. Uh, where we've got um, a Michelle, I'm just, I know that you're. Gonna, <laughs> I know that you're going to remember this as well. We've got Excellent. Brutus Girls Love Train. So, oh. yeah, I remember going to that back in oh uh, twenty odd years ago. Um, so we've got that on Bank Holiday Sunday, and then the other one I'm really looking forward to is um, we've got Craig Charles Soul and Funk with the Real Thing. Oh
0: my yeah. God! It
4: reminds me of my childhood. So uh, honestly, it was,
1: it just just the names are fantastic. What? You know, 52 crackers of shows, but Brutus Gold, oh. even Belinda was going, oh,
0: oh my God, that is everything. <laughs> I remember him from... Um,
1: the Ritz. And, oh, the Ritz flares. and Flares,
0: as I'm thinking of.
1: Oh, no, no, it was, um, first of all, it was... It was, it was- yeah, royals, yes. and then it moved to the Ritz, and yeah, it was absolutely
0: It's, it's all brilliant. a bit special. We've got the website, let's bring the website up. Yeah, because uh,
1: tickets are on sale now, and it's going on until the end of August,
4: right? Yeah, so launch this weekend right through to Bank Holiday weekend end of August, so 10 weeks, 10 weekends... And Boris can't stop us. He
0: Boris can't not. stop us. And let's just mention again. Well, I've picked out two of my favourites already. I've picked out the Milkshake Show. Everybody, there's a little slide there for the Milkshake Show.
1: Uh, and you for me, I think I'm with Rebecca in terms of the greatest show, which is on Friday night yeah. and kicks off the whole festival because you know songs Some from movies, and musicals appear in there yeah. as well. Right up my street. I
0: can't wait. And I'm excited. Uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for your time today. Well, we did promise you a fantastic show and I hope we have delivered here on our podcast. Make sure you check it out next week as well because it just gets better and better and better. So we're signing off now from our TV episode 200. everyone. 200, ready and raring to go next week for episode 201 with a plethora of guests only on Your, your Manchester. Manchester.